all my guys, gals, and non-binary pals of audio podcast land, and welcome back to another exciting episode of Friday Night Fights, a worldwide wrestling actual play podcast. I am your lovely creative or general manager for this game, Mikey. You can follow me on all my social medias at Pop Culture Geek. You can also follow us collectively at D&D Vibe Tribe Productions, where you can stay up to date on everything that we got going on currently and lots of things that are coming down the pipeline. So make sure to follow us to stay up to date. As always, I can never do this game alone. I am joined by my amazing roster of wrestlers here in Insane Asylum Wrestling. So we're going to go around, do some quick introductions, plug any socials and things that they want to tell you about as well as their characters. So this is going to be interesting. So always starting us off is going to be the one and only Echo. Hi, everyone. It's Echo. I I finally escaped the Jade Empire. I was kept in the, in the cells for too long. Um, yeah, I, I play Mc, the CAC, the manager. The best manager around, by the way. And, yeah, that's mostly it. I'm mostly on Discord, so if you find me on Discord, you find me. Um, yeah. One last thing before I pass it on. Listen to the Ark Mage, Legend of the Ark Mage books. They are great. There's nine books in the series. If you love town building, you it's got that. If you love overpowered protags, it's got that. Also, it's it's funny. Some of the characters like Big Bono when he tries to do do stuff it's always funny to see how it actually pans out and yeah that's it for me i pass it on sweet all righty next to give their introduction is going to be mini hey what's up i'm back i've been gone for a while but i'm, I'm here rocking this fun game um i'm mr axel uh one half with a rating defending iw tag team champions one founding member of the cole club Back at it again. Get ready to defend these titles. I love these introductions. Alright, to keep this train of rolling is going to be Chris. Hello, hello. This is Chris, also known as Riku. Uh, you can find me on social media as Pup Riku or Puppy Riku, depending on the app. Um, you can also find me here on the D&D Vibe Tribe, on Furusato, and your DM on the Academy. But here... I am playing your provocateur, the Umbral Talon, also known as Umbra. Who is also the current Bedlam Break champion, my dudes. Ah, oh, it is so good. And then, of course, at least for this episode, we save the best for last, the one and only Adolfo. Uh, saludos, programas, and welcome. I am Adolfo, the nerdy Puerto Rican, uh, and I play numerous games here on the D&D Vibe Tribe, so you should go check them out. But in this game, I play reigning IAW champion! Oh, yes! Little sparkles at the macho mage! Oh, yeah! It so much. I missed it so much. <laughs> oh, it never gets old. I love this. I love this so much. Uh, anyways, before I fall over from swooning too hard, 
Unfortunately, we are missing a member of our roster tonight. I think his flight got canceled or something like that. So Bjorn Kringleson got stuck somewhere. Uh, but our lovely Bjorn Kringleson, who is played by the amazing uh, John Crosswave. You can find him on all social media platforms at John Crosswave. Make sure to go check out his stuff. And he actually has IMDb credits, you guys. So go check out his work. It is a lot, a lot of fun. But he will be returning for the pay-per-view episode next time. But with those introductions out of the way, let's get this go-home show a-rolling. So really quickly, because it has been a while for everybody, let me go over a brief recap, which is actually pretty simple. The last time that we had Insane Asylum Wrestling here on Friday Night Fights was the first ever, well, at least in this current iteration, War Games match where we took the Cole Club taking on the Bayou Brotherhood and Umbra's arch nemesis for life, Tana. So despite trying their best to take down the Cole Club, there was no contest. And in fact, the cage got destroyed at one point. There was lots of dice that got thrown all over the place. Everyone hit finishers on the pile of bodies to take the win. It was amazing, which we, saw we the also Cole... had a DJ in the background. Uh, yes. The ma- manager, John, was also our DJ in the background, like cueing music as each thing happened. It was glorious, and I loved it. But the Cole Club stood tall at the end, and so now we're about a week later on the next taped episode, and so we're just going to jump straight into that. So once again, coming live from your, in your house somewhere, somehow, who knows? It's a sane asylum wrestling, folks. So y'all should get with the program. But as the IAW begins, audience begins to settle into their seats and kind of anticipate, because the go-home shows are usually the make or break for the pay-per-views. So the anticipation and the excitement can be felt in the air. And then, as usual, the lights go down in the IAW arena. The audience begins to cheer as the volume begins to increase of the intro bumper of IAW. As always, on the Titan Tron by the Trauma Bay Doors, plays a package of the roster of amazing, talented wrestlers doing crazy things. We also get a bumper of some more recent moments, like our current champions winning their titles, and as well as a package of them in the War Games match and highlights of that. And the crowd is just yelling and screaming until the pyro goes off, the lights in the arena come on, and joining, of course, on our commentating team, you just hear, and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of IAW Wrestling. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we have a stacked card for you where we are one week away from our Resurrection pay-per-view. And tonight, all things are going to come to a head. We have some exciting matches for you. And to close out the show tonight, we have a face-to-face contract signing between our champions and their challengers. But first, we go to the ring to start off our first match. And then, of course, as the camera pans to the ring we have our lovely ring announcer she's actually dressed in a nice like sequins blue gown this time of course still rocking the afro pumps in her hair 
And she just looks around, taking in the adulation. As a side note, as much as the wrestlers are important, you guys, if you are a fan of wrestling, show some love to the announcers and the referees because they are great people, too. Shout out to Aubrey from AEW. You're my favorite. Call me. Or let's talk, girl. God, if we got to her to guess, that'd be so amazing. <laughs> but anyways, back to the game. The following contest is scheduled for one fall, and it is a two-on-two tag team match. Making their way to the ring first is the Bayou Brotherhood. So, as always, the top of the stage begins to fill with smoke as... Well, actually, you know what? Uh, Manager John, a.k.a. the Grassmans, why don't you describe this entrance this time for the Bayou Brotherhood? I was not expecting this. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> yeah, um... Who's actually with the grass band? Like, well, who's, the mean, other uh, who's, who's the other fighter? Who's the other fighter? So, it's going to be grass man, but accompanying grass man, because they still haven't really recovered from their injuries, is actually going to be Louisiana man. So, he's accompanying the grass man, and those two are going to be in this tag team match, because Harl oh. and a Ava are not 100% yet, because y'all... Brutalized them in the War Games match. And, and Tana's still in hiding. Well, Tana is still out currently on injury. So, oh. yeah, listen, everybody got their licks in. So, this episode, whoever's left over is like there. So, but yeah, so Louisiana Man and the Grass Man are going to be tagging tonight, too. Uh, but you could describe the entrance as they come in. Um, I wish I actually had something now. Dang it. Okay, I got you. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm sorry, my guy. I'm actually trying to think. I'm sorry. You Listen, put me is... on the, You put me on the spot, and none of my book knowledge is helping me. Listen, improv, yes and. You just roll with it, but I got you. So, Grassman in Louisiana, man, as, like, this very somber and ominous kind of, like, slow-templed like slow tempoed song begins to play you just see again the mist begins to cover the fog covers the stage and grassman kind of just shambles back and forth coming from the fog and he stands there for a little bit until he kind of kneels down on one knee and rising from the fog with arms spread out like the fictional cult member that he is rising from the fog is Louisiana man who has been kind of a bit of a thorn in a lot of your guys' sides but more so our current IAW champion uh, Macho Mage but hopefully we'll see what happens tonight so the two of them kind of make their way to the ring as they get in Grassman kind of goes into the middle and kind of sits with arms wide open Louisiana man shambles behind him and kind of just raises his arms up and the mic kind of picks up him yelling. This is like, come, my brothers and sisters, bask in the glory of the Bayou Brotherhood. And then they go to the respective quarter. So going back to the ring. Our ring announcer just kind of looks off a little bit, and then it's like, right, 
Um, next, making their way to the ring is the team of Elk and Macho Mage. So, Macho Mage, I'm going to get to you in a sec. But Elk, once again, comes out in his stereotypical kind of uh, entrance. So the lights go down a little bit. It starts playing like this orchestral hip-hop gin of uh, Flight of the Bumblebees. <laughs> and Elk, just the spotlight dims on a singular figure on top of the stage. And, of course, it's Elk in his giant mask as he kind of just takes it off and puts it to the side but what's different is this time his shirt he's not wearing an elk shirt he's wearing because he supports the homies he is wearing a cold club shirt got it. that brand merchandise man you got to do that and then he kind of just steps to the side puts his arms out to like in the signal of and now presenting so, Macho Mage, what does your entrance look like for this match? Okay. What color smoke uh, did the Bayou Brotherhood have? So, weirdly enough, it's kind of like a white, but the lights make it seem like an ominous green color. Okay. So, the ring starts filling with a mysterious smoke. However, with the lights, the smoke is made to look pink and floating uh, and the music starts to play and what 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 is the bayou brotherhood's theme song so okay so obviously i can give it generic but if we're going to get specific like if we're pulling references if you know a little bit about wrestling so obviously louisiana man is based off of the first iteration of bray wyatt in wwe the follow the buzzards theme very like ominous or if you want to do a creepy version of like this little light of mine can also be a thing like if it was from a horror movie okay so a version of the bayou brotherhood song starts to play however it is a version entirely of kazoos and emerging from the top door is the macho mage question mark because he has a ghillie this individual has a ghillie suit on to kind of look like the grass man however the ghillie suit is all just like uh like there's yeah there's some camouflage in there but then there's like uh, uh kind of like harley quinn from the movie like there's like like uh silver and 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 gold and like and hologrammy uh, things, right? Uh, and instead of um, um, scissors for, for hands, he has spoons, right? And um, and his, his head his head is covered by this just ridiculously huge trucker cap, right? Um, that says uh, south of the border, okay? And this individual starts quote unquote floating down the ramp, but uh, they're uh, they're on one of those um, uh, what do you call the things with the two wheels? The, the like they say they're hoverboards, but they're not. Segways? No, no, no. It's the um, um, I mean, the kids call them hoverboards. I know what you mean. I don't know okay, the official right. term for it. So, so if the kid if the kids call it hoverboards, then it's got to be cool. So yeah, so he's coming down on this hoverboard, right, looking all mysterious, right? And every now and then he'll like flick his hands and um, Starburst candies, or Starburst-esque candies come out into the audience, right? 
Um, so then he gets he gets to the um, he gets to the ring, and he goes over to the he gets off the hoverboard, um, and he walks over to the stairs and he walk as he walks up the stairs he just does this walk where he's like sh- waving his his arms like spooky right um and then he 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 comes into the ring okay um right in the middle of the ring um are any of the Bri- uh, Bayou Brotherhood still like close to the middle of the ring I will say that they're kind of still there a little bit, and they're about to make their way to their end of the ring. Okay. So, uh, this individual, could it be the Macho Mage? We don't know, right? He, um, when he gets in the ring, he he does the hand-wavy thing, right? And then, in one motion, like a stripper, he grabs the, the overly-sized comical hat, and the outfit that he's wearing, and he r- rips both of them off, and he tosses it in uh, in the Bayou Brothers hood face, showing that it is the Macho Mage. And then he kicks both of them in the stomach. Oh shit! Okay, we're just getting this started. All right, so you kick both of them in the stomach. So I will roll to see who ends up staying in the ring after that kick. Okay. So, it seems that uh, Louisiana... Well, actually, no. The Grass Man is actually going to be the one. So, you kick both of them. Louisiana Man kind of rolls, like, cells that he got kicked in the gut and kind of gets knocked out of the ring. So, Grass Man is still there. Ding, ding, ding. The bell rings. So, you and the Grass Man are currently starting into this ring. Right. So, uh, Macho Mage just does the... um the thing where he um, he starts dropping forearms down on the back of the grass man's head and uh, starts to and starts to pull him over to the corner and as soon as he gets to the corner he tags Elkin and will try to um, will try to put the grass man in a full Nelson th- so that Elk can uh, do a thing. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right, so. Hmm, this is going to be interesting, because you do the forearms, and then you tag Elk in. Okay. So let's see how well this transition is going to work. So, hmm. You know what? Roll me a... (laughs) Roll me a work to see how successful this is, please. Okay. Uh, So I rolled a four... So it it would be it is going to be a botch, um, but I do have uh, a move called Funny as Money that I can still I can still make uh, I can still work the audience even if I've botched. So I still do want to work the audience. Okay, that all right. <laughs> I love it. So yeah, and 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 the comedy will be this right. Macho Man will uh, Macho Mage Macho Mage. The Macho Mage. We'll we'll fix it in post. Macho Mage will will go for the full Nelson, right? And we'll try to kind of pick up Grassman, but Grassman is so sweaty or oily or whatever, he'll, like, slip through 
Macho Mage's arms and like end up on the floor, and there will just be a a, a comedic pause where Macho Mage just looks down at Grassman and then looks at Elk and then just tags Elk in. <laughs> yes, I love it. All right, so meanwhile, as Elk kind of comes in, Grassman is still is just like, okay, I escaped one problem. Turns around, sees Elk. And just is like, nope, 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 nope. And so begins to run over and kind of just tags in Louisiana Man. So Louisiana Man comes in. And in fact, Elk then begins to do basically kind of like what most athletic big men do. Except except Elk is very agile. I want to point that out. So he actually begins to kind of just pick up... He picks up Louisiana Man... And gives him a power bomb, and then as Louisiana Man is on the floor, after that he kind of just like Undertaker style, like zombie rises up and just laughs maniacally. Elk picks him up again, does it again, still doing it. He tries the third time, same thing. Power bombs into the mat. Louisiana Man comes back up and laughs hysterically. And Elk is kind of just looking at Louisiana Man, looking at you, Macho Mage, looking back at Louisiana Man. And Louisiana Man kind of just stands up and just points directly at you, Macho Mage, and gives you the sign of, come here to bring it on. So Elk kind of just looks over at you, shrugs his shoulder as is like, you want in, partner? Macho Mage will extend his arm. Or okay. extend his, his hand out to, uh, to get tagged in. Okay, so Elk comes over, walks over, tags you in, and now, Macho Mage, you are in as Louisiana Man kind of just falls to his knees, arms raised, and is just laughing hysterically. He's like, show me, boy, show me your wonderful power. Yeah, he's lost his rocker a little bit. So Macho Mage is going to stand there a minute, okay? Uh, and he's, he's going he's gonna to smile. Um, Macho Mage is still wearing his, his sunglasses, uh, by the way, uh, which, uh, are like the one piece, so for the audience at home, they're like the one piece lens with the like super polarized reflective front. Um, and they're, they are, uh, like a baby, light baby, baby blue. And then the, 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 the ear parts are, are, are bright yellow. Um, Macho Mage has, re- uh, wrestling trunks, uh, tonight's colors are a uh, um, a yellow main color with uh, pink and uh, w- with pink and blue uh, stars and moons. Uh, he's got the the tights uh, which follow the same scheme. Um, he's got alternating knee pads and uh, alternating boots, um, and his boots have stars and stars and moons on them as well. So, Macho Mage slowly like. Turns his his head to the audience, right, and, and smiles and, and nods, and slowly looks back to a uh, Dudenheimer that's on his knees there. Macho Mage slowly takes his sunglasses off, tosses them out into the crowd, preferably to his fans, and yes, then we'll the three, th- the three are in the front as always. Excellent. Uh, and then we'll just go in and give uh, what's his face a full uh, full blown kiss right on on the lips. Oh, okay. Hmm, this is interesting. What do I want? You know what? This. Hmm. 
Ah, oof. You know what? Fuck it. I guess we can do... Hmm. Do I want to do look or do I want to do real? Let's do look. Because <laughs> real would have some implications. <laughs> Nine. Okay, so that is going to be a soft success. All right, and so, then... It, uh -huh. Oh, uh, so and the Macho Maze is gonna hold hold that kiss, you know, for at, at least a minute, and then he's gonna do the dramatic like push the dude's head away and like stand up and wait to see what his reaction is. <laughs> I'm just imagining like the Looney Tunes, like Mwah! <laughs> I love it. Exactly. Uh, okay, so as you come off, um. <laughs> just because I think it's comical. So as soon as you come off the kiss um, from Louisiana Man, Louisiana Man kind of just takes his hand, puts it into his cheek. You may or may not seem a little bit of blushing happening, but then he kind of just wipes it up and kind of stands up and just gives you that crazy look, man. And just this is, boy, I was like, let's do this. I was like, this man has lost his damn mind. You can't quite tell if, like, he hated it or enjoyed it, but you're getting the sneaky suspicion that this man is crazy, so you need to finish this off quickly. <laughs> but he's going to come for you after doing that, and he's going to grab you, and he's going to attempt to put you into... Yeah, he's going to attempt to pick you up, and he's going to try to put you in a... Jump up and try to choke you out in a guillotine. <laughs> So, what is your response to being thrown into this guillotine? <laughs> and when I say guillotine, like, for my wrestling fans, like, the most current iteration of, to my knowledge, is, like, think of the Roman Reigns guillotine, where he's just hanging on to you, choking the hell out of you. Okay, uh, how close to the ropes are we? Are, are we still in the middle of the ring? You know, I will say that you are close to kind of a side of the ring and so like if you were to take about a two steps you could reach the ropes if need be all right but he is he's effectively but, suspending suspending me uh suspending the macho mage off the mat right well okay so like i said with roman reigns's guillotine you're still matted on the floor but he literally grabbed his legs, wrapped him around your waist, and he's giving you a guillotine while he's suspending himself, using you anchored to the ground. Let me see if I can find a reference photo. Hold up. Oh, I, I, I got you. I got you. I got okay. you. Okay. All right. Um. So, Macho Mage is going to sell it. <clears throat> Macho Mage is going to sell it. Alright. Um, and do 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 do. Uh, uh, okay, so alright, so we're alright, so I'm, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna try to do this with work. Alright. Work, work. Alright, so Selling, selling the, the choking, selling the choking, right? Uh, Macho Mage is then going to um, uh, give uh, Louisiana Man a, a, a punch to a punch to the face, which I'm sure isn't going to do anything, right? And then he's going to give him another punch to the face, 
which isn't going to do anything. And then he's going to give him another punch to the face, and another, and another, and another, and just start, like, building it up, 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 until finally, right, um, when there is a moment of weakness in the Louisiana man, right, um, that he kind of, like, lets go, the Macho Mage is going to, um, the Macho Mage is going to bring back his hand, and he's going to say, Rapple Dapple! And then he's just going to clock him in the face for, like, the, the big, the big shot. Yes! Alright, so, you said you're going to wor do work, so <laughs> go for it. Eight. Okay, that will be a soft success. Okay, cool. Alright, so once once the, the Louisiana man um, has, let, has let go, uh, Macho Mage is going to um, grab him. Uh, he's going to uh, whip him into the rope. And Macho Mage is going to go and bounce off the other rope. And then he's going to come in, and when, when they meet in the middle, he's going to flying headbutt. Okay, cool. So you flying headbutt. Damn, that's going to hurt like a motherfucker. So we're going to do real, because you're going to be... Bam! <laughs> Eleven. Okay, that is a hard success. So narrate this headbutt and, like, how you go about doing it. All right, so Louisiana Man bounces off his rope. Macho Mage bounces off his rope. And they come at each other, like, full speed, right? Except... The only difference is, whereas Louisiana Man is running the hallway, about two steps away from the ropes, the Macho Mage launches himself. And just, at first he has his hands in front of him, but then kind of like, as if he's doing the breaststroke in the air, he's going to just then put his hands to his side, and just like a flying missile, a magic missile, if you will, will slam his head into the Louisiana man and both I, 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 I hope both hit hit the ground um, and uh, uh, Macho Mage uh, is going to do uh, wait for the dramatic count before he he mimicking Louisiana man does the whole sit up thing and looks over to Elk and looks to the crowd and listens to hear if the crowd is is like chanting for the tag in. This crowd is hot for the tag in. So then Macho Mage is then going to do a, a rather like floppy like turn and well he's gonna do that thing where he, he turns onto all fours and I picture uh, Grassman like a like a knob trying to come in and like stop Macho Mage but Macho Mage is going to do the thing where he like lunges off his fours and just slaps Elk's hand at the uh, at the last minute sweet okay so you do the hot tag into with Elk Elk comes in Grassman sees massive size of Elk before he can get away Elk kind of grabs him and kind of once again power bombs him on top of Louisiana man and then walks nonchalantly to a corner 
where as Grassman and Louisiana Man are standing up, kind of helping each other up, Elk does his finisher, the Gore Rush, so which is basically a spear. So he spears both of them, puts them into a pile, pins them to the floor with the ref coming over with a one, two, three. Ding, ding, ding. Your winner! The much the IAW champion, Macho Mage and Elk. As the crowd is losing their gosh dang minds. Yeah, Ma- Macho Mage will definitely uh, go center with with Elk and will like ra- and will raise his hand and you know build build work the crowd uh, not only for Macho Mage but for Elk as well. Sweet. Alrighty. So, as you know, you two are taking in the adulation of the crowd. You know, all that good stuff is happening. We go back to the commentary desk where we, where our commentators go, that was an incredible opening match to start off the night. And don't go anywhere, IAW faithful, because at the end, we will see Macho Mage and Elk return as they will have their contract sighting at, in our main event for tonight. So stick around. But we need to keep this go-home show going. So back to the ring we go. Once again, our lovely ring announcer, Terry Delant, in her Afro Puss and her blue sequins dress. The following contest is scheduled for one fall, making his way first to the ring. Your current IAW Bedlam Break Champion, the Umbral Talon. So, Umbra, how does your entrance look this time for this match? So, the lights go out as you hear the guitar, metal guitar riffs begin to ring throughout the stadium. Um... And as the song reaches a grand uh, volume, you see Umbra walking out. He is currently wearing his uh, stringer, sorry, shredder, uh, black shirt, cold club shirt, with, uh, with shorts on. That seemed to be kind of stitched together as if they were pretty ripped up in past fights. You see his hair remembering it all being uh, full black earlier, you start to see like streaks of red dyed hair in his hair. It seems like something is definitely like changing within him as he as each week goes by. Uh, and he, this time, instead of being at the top of the ramp, he starts walking down to the ramp, uh, walks to the, uh, walks up the, to the mat, and is standing right out on the apron of the mat before heading inside the ring. He looks around to his left, to his right, looks right back down in center, and as usual, he drops into a split as all four ring posts 
uh, blast in pyrotechnics around uh, near him. Oh my gosh, I love he, it. Yep. He then, while still in that uh, in that split, goes down a little further and pushes himself into the ring under the bottom rope. As he stands himself up and starts psyching him up himself up for this match and whomever he's fighting against. Oh, this is this is gonna be a fun one. Alrighty. So as you are done making your way into the ring, anticipating your opponent, and now making their way by special request of general manager. Uh and she kind of looks at her card. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it seems that we have a little bit of a change tonight. This is going to be a brand versus brand exhibition match. So, making her way to the ring and current new game plus level up cruiserweight champion. So, the lights go dim. Okay, you, you got to follow me with this one, okay? So, as the lights DLC go DLC has finished downloading. <laughs> so as you as the lights go down the titantron begins to kind of first slowly kind of see kind of a brick wall in a sense but then it starts to be filled with graffiti as you hear this very trap based hip hop beat begin to play and as the graffiti kind of in time with the beat kind of continues you see that the name on it is one miss dixie knox and as she comes walking out you see a very voluptuous plus size woman wrestler dressed up in long pegs with some like long wrestling pants and a wrestling vest on coming in with a shoulder pad piece and a cape made completely of tulle so like this black tulle as she's coming out and she's kind of just bopping around as her theme song begins to play so this is bad podcasting but i'm going to send you two things in the commentary chat for everybody number one i'm going to send the theme that this is kind of plain because for copyright purposes i'm trying not to get sued here and then on top of that i'm gonna give you my inspiration for miss dixie knox as far as who she's based off which i'll tell the audience in a little bit <laughs> so really quickly <laughs> i mean sure why not <laughs> <laughs> so really quickly for the listening audience the theme and the wrestler of dixie knox is based off one of my personal favorite women's wrestlers right now in impact i think she doesn't get a lot of credit and i think she's awesome and i'm happy to see her back on my tv screen so dixie knox is heavily based on the impact knockout wrestler uh taya valkyrie so make sure to go check it out taya i love you i love you Anyways, but yeah, so that's who's coming down to the ring as she's kind of like bopping around. But you notice, Umbra, you see her with a championship belt for New Game Plus, which is from what all of the roster, including our current champions, have all heard of. That's like the quote-unquote 
third brand for one of the major wrestling promotions that is actually like big time. So for her to be here representing New Game Plus in a champion versus champion exhibition match is crazy. I Umbra sees this basically at the announcement. Um, yeah, I'm making this up on the spot. This is Umbra's favorite wrestler in in the in in the upper upper leagues. So his eyes go wide, and you see his bottom jaw and bottom mouth just start trembling a little bit, just trying to get some kind of words out, because Dixie, through his journey through wrestling, Dixie was such an inspiration of what got him here, uh, brave enough to actually start this journey himself. So, this is, to be honest with you, this is complete break kayfabe for, for Umber right now. Uh, because he is just in, he is just starstruck at this moment. Oh my god, I love it so much. <laughs> That's, yes, that is gonna be amazing. Umber, get your head back in the game! <laughs> As the manager, John, at ringside is just telling you. <laughs> I love it. But yeah, so Dixie makes her way into the ring, kind of still dancing along to her theme song. And she's dancing as she's kind of walking around you, Umbra, kind of sizing you up. But like in a friendly, com competitive way, not the like, oh, he's beneath me kind of level. And she kind of steps into the middle of the ring with her title close to her chest, looks at your title and just smiles and says, honey. It is a pleasure to finally meet you from champion to champion. You, my friend, are making waves. And I heard about you, Umbra. So let's see how we put these skills to the test tonight. So Umbra at this, uh, still unable to verbalize exactly how he feels. Um, I'm sure Dixie can tell probably at this point that he's basically fanboying at this point um to the point that he puts down his uh title um and basically goes into onto his knees and just goes start doing like the we're not worthy kind of bow to him bow to her um just giving her all the praise um but at the same time umbra knows this is his big moment to really make an impression. So while he's doing this as a surprise, he's gonna um he's gonna try to run up to Dixie under her legs to pick her up and uh basically pick her up and slam slam her behind him. Ooh, okay. We start so, the match. Ding ding ding, the match begins. Uh, I, I I I come back from a pause of like Showing deference to, I immediately slam her on the ground. Yeah, that that's what I get back to. Essentially, essentially, it's like like almost bull rush, scoop her up, and back like me going on my onto my back, her onto her face. Oof. Yes, ding ding ding. Okay, let's see how successful you are. So I need you to roll me a body, please. Body. 
Body yaddy. God, I gotta figure out ways to increase my body. Get big like me. <laughs> um. Shit, my momentum won't even help on that, so I'm not gonna even use it. That's a two. <laughs> Ooh, okay. <laughs> that is gonna be a hard ew no. Okay. So hmm. Alright, so here's how I think it happens. So I think you go to Bull Rush Miss Dixie here, but because she is again, champions tend to especially if they are champions at a very top level, so to speak. Um she kind of just, as you bull rush her, you attempt to get her up, and she kind of just nonchalantly just, like, sees the, uh, somebody in the crowd, and she's like, honey, you need to hold this real quick, and throws her title, and as you pick her up, she kind of looks down at you when you get her up, and it's just like, ooh, okay, maneuver number 65, this is gonna be very interesting, alright, if you say so, hun. And then, as you kind of pick her up, she kind of leans forward to give you the momentum. And obviously, both of you working together. She pulls off one of her is the La Huera Loca. So basically, it's a Canadian destroyer that she pulls on you. So she, using the momentum and using your momentum, she gives you a Canadian destroyer as she brings you down on top of your quote-unquote head. But not really, because we don't want to hurt people here. And as you kind of come crashing to the mat for the Canadian Destroyer, she kind of just somersaults and kind of just steps up, puts her hands up in the air, and gives a little curtsy as the crowd absolutely loses their mind for all this. Um, so is Umbra, like, on his stomach or on his back at this point? Like, I would say to... on his back. So as soon as he lands on his back, he kind of... Uh, sits up, uh, like obviously winded from it a bit, and the smile on his face is both that of, oh my god, I just got slammed by my idol, but also kind of that crazy you've been seeing Umbra start to fall into from the past few matches, and he turns his head towards uh, 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 Dixie and just looks at her and just goes with the biggest smile on his face and just goes game on <laughs> alrighty so she kind of just smiles back and then she comes steps to you into the middle of the ring and you begin to both kind of just start grappling a little bit Mm -hmm. And she's actually going to take you, and she is going to attempt to, as she's grabbing you, she's going to attempt to kind of, really quickly, she's going to try to attempt to grab you and then go for a sit-down powerbomb. <laughs> so it's just like, grab okay. and pull you in, and then tries to do that. So how do you want to respond about being pulled in? Um. So... She's going to try, um, hmm. What kind of position is she trying to put me in? So she's going to grab you. So as she's grabbing you, she's trying to kind of like, as you come forward, she's going to attempt to pick you up from your legs, to pick you up kind of like in a 
chair position and then give you a... But instead of slamming you to the ground, she's going to grab you in midair and attempting to sit down on the ground as she's coming down with you. Gotcha, gotcha. So, uh, as she pulls me in to go for my legs, I am... As she bends down to go for my legs, I'm going to attempt to uh, flip over her to slip, basically slip out of it. And as I'm going down, try to trip her, trip her legs up. Okay, so let's see. That is, you're going to need to roll a work for me, please. All right. Um, I am going to use, uh, one of my momentum and make that a seven. Okay, that is going to be a soft success, so it works, but there's going to be a little complication to it. So, go ahead, so you narrate this, and then I'll give you the complication. So, um, Umbra locks in with her and is fighting, still with that big smile on his face, uh, excited that he's finally having this moment and uh she goes down uh towards his hips and his legs as and as he sees it like almost instinctively he, she he grabs onto her hips and as she goes to push up i'm able to umbra's able to slip his legs out uh flip over onto basically onto his butt and goes and grabs her her legs to trip her out to to basically actually basically to prepare to put her into a submission hold hmm okay so you kind of go flip over and try to go under okay so here's what happens so here's the complication so you're able to get over you're able to go underneath her legs however as you try to grab um try to grab her legs she's actually as you attempt to grab it she's going to kind of just jump out of the way as you go and then in a swift movement using the ropes because i'll say that you guys are near it she Mm -hmm. literally bounces off the middle rope does a twist and then body slams you onto the floor oh all right in a quick succession and before you even get a chance to respond as you kind of stand up to keep that momentum going, she's actually, at this point, you look around, you don't see her until you see her coming full sprint, coming at you as she is going to attempt to kind of just literally spear you into the ropes. So how is your, how do you respond? Um, so I'm against the rope ropes right now? That is correcto. Uh, am I by the turnbuckle or middle of the rope? Middle of the rope. So what I'm going to do is, um, as she's coming, as, as I see her coming uh, at me, I'm going to attempt... You know what? I'm going to attempt to use the rope to... Um, to essentially uh, flip more acrobatics, try to flip myself over so that as she's coming in, my legs, my feet will connect with her head. 
Oh, interesting. I love that. Okay. So I need you to roll me a... I'm going to roll, roll me a body, please. Body. This is very athletic. Come on! Come on, body. body yaddy. Ooh, that's an 11. Actually, 10, I should say. 10, because I have a minus one. <laughs> still, that is a hard success, so... You get to narrate this, and you're still... And now you get a chance to try to do something next. So go for it. So uh, she's... I turn around, and I see her full sprint towards me, shoulder lowered to try to uh, spear me. I grab onto the rope behind me, jump up into the air, uh, upside down, and as her... As she attempts to stop herself from going out of the ring. Her head and the top of her shoulders just peek outside of the rope as I go and I basically uh, come down with my feet right on top of her, basically bouncing off of her because of the ropes and then landing on the opposite side of her back in the ring so that she's basically like hanging on the rope at this point. Okay, so she's caught up in the rope, so what do you plan to do next, since you are now in control? Okay, um... <sighs> what do I want to do from here? Um, like so much power. <laughs> yeah. You see, uh... So, Umbra's gonna, um, see, see her hung up on the ropes from this... And he's going to grab at her feet and bring her, basically yank her back into the ring closer to center ring and go for a figure four leg lock. Ooh, okay. So you're going to need to roll a, ooh, this is more technical. So Romeo work. All right. That's a 10. That is a hard success, so you get to narrate, and you're still in control. So, uh, uh, as she goes, he goes into the figure four leg lock, um, he's grabbing it, twisting the, the ankle and the leg pretty, pretty hard, uh, and something comes to his mind of... A lot of his finishers end up being high-flying moves. Um, but he's been practicing a new finisher. Um, and he's, like, looking back and seeing and seeing if he could... And just, like, trying to analyze the situation uh, as he's, like, holding her in submission uh, to see if he could pull it off. Ooh. Okay. Roll me a body... <laughs> body body <laughs> alright let's see come let's on do, let's do this nine okay that is a soft success with the complication um I'm gonna use a momentum to make that a ten okay so that is <laughs> gonna be a hard success forgot I had I, I start with two because I'm still top spot So, um, so that means I'm, I'm going to be able to pull it off. Oh, yeah, definitely. All right. Um, so as Umbra 
let's see if I can I can best visualize this. Um, as Umbra has her in the figure four leg lock, you see him start to stand up, almost still holding the leg lock at almost at like an angle. Now holding her legs up, um, and he's going to turn. He's going to flip over so that now she is facing upwards toward the ceiling. Um, bring uh, his leg under and essentially hold her up, try to hold her up in the air with just one leg. Um, calling it the Dolphin Fountain. Oh my god. <laughs> Alrighty. So, as you hold her there... She, Dixie is trying her hardest to contain it and try to get out of it, but you have her such in a precarious position that no matter which way she moves, if she moves any which way, she could potentially overexert the leg that is caught and kind of sprain or injure. So once she tries and realizes that it is nothing, there is not a chance in hell she's going to be able to come out of this unscathed without doing something too crazy. She looks at you. She kind of whispers for you to hear. She's like, I look forward to our rematch when you make your way up to NGP. And she taps out, as the ref calls it, the winner by submission is the Umbral Talon. Umbral kind of basically lets her down, basically to roll off to the side, and he's just laying on his back on the mattress, looking up at the lights in the ceiling, just amazed of what just happened. Like, his heart, you can, you can see his, the, his heart, like, beating out of his chest right now, of, like, the opportunity he just got. Um, and he just, uh, at one point, he looks over, like, turns his head over to where Dixie is, um, to kind of, like, chuckle a bit and, and smile. Again, that kind of small, uh, cafe break of just pure fanboy happiness. <laughs> okay, so as you two step up, Dixie gets her title back, you get hers, and she walks up to you, kind of smiles, and does kind of, like, clinks the belts together <laughs> before pulling you, you by the chin and kind of giving you a big old wet kiss on the forehead. And you could just see her pink lipstick just on the forehead still. She does that, and like a stiff forward, uh, Umbra just falls back onto his back. <laughs> <laughs> she kind of looks down at you and kind of just winks as her theme song begins to play, and she kind of dances her way up the <laughs> ramp. Which, just by the way... You're muted, no! <laughs> no! Is it working now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Jesus, I was so... Her theme music doesn't play. Oh, okay. Axel's, Axel's theme music starts to play. Oh, I, I was just gonna say, John McCack just uses the cane, and like all, like those old-timey like shows, when, when, you just, when they get pulled off stage, that's what's happening to Umbra. I'm, I'm, I'm just laying on my back and watching her uh, upside down walking back up the ramp and all of a sudden Axel's music starts playing. It's like, uh... 
Somebody help me up. I was to play while she, while she was still in the ring. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's still oh, in the okay. ring. It was right after she, you fell over from your kiss of death there. <laughs> and, and, and I'm just pulling you out with the cane. You're like trying to pull him out. It's like, he's still on the floor. Anyways, so Axel, yeah. go ahead. Uh, no microphone, no nothing, just walks, no title, just walks to the ring, gets in the ring, looks at you, looks at Umber on the ground, looks at her, my house, and I'm immediately going to put her in my finisher and just drop her, and then walk off. I am going to try to interrupt you. Oh, shit. Okay. Uh, okay, so I will say just for the sake of it, so Axel does have her in his finisher, but Chris, upon seeing this, I'm gonna have you roll a reel for me to try to see if you can get her out. Can Can I give him the plus one if he uses my cane, which I'm trying to pull him out with? Hmm. I will say sure. Um. Would this count of me being the sole focus of a segment? I will say yes, because depending on how this goes, this is going to be an awesome hero moment, or this is going to hurt like hell. <laughs> because, uh, if so, I'm going to use my strangely captivating and roll look instead of real. Okay, go for it. And you have plus one, so... That'll be an eight with that plus one. Okay, there is going... So here's the thing. It's going to be a soft success. There's going to be a complication. But I'm going to give Axel the power of the complication to do whatever he wants to add a little bit of a thing after you do what you want initially. So, Umbra, go ahead and narrate how you get Dixie out of this situation. So, um... As I see Axel begin to pick her up, um, he tries, he goes to stand up and in, basically in front of his face, be like, no, 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 don't do this. And as basically at that point he has her up, he, he can't see me. So I, he is going to basically uh, try to hold her up there until Axel finally lets her go. Um, or potentially catch her if, uh, uh, to make sure of that, because she's friendly here. What the hell are you doing, buddy? Okay, so for the sake of this, I will say that Axel, given enough time, she's a- uh, Dixie's able to get out of your grasp and kind of roll out of the ring. She's still there. She's watching from outside the ring. Now it's just you and Umbra, but with the power of the complication, you get to choose what happens next. So you're face-to-face with Umbra. Somebody needs to get slammed, unfortunately. So what do you choose to do? I slam Umbra. Okay. So you put the complication is, is that you grab Umbra, and instead of Dixie, you put Umbra into your finisher, and bam! The audience is, like, shocked. Like, no booze, no cheers. They're just like, <gasps> you hear the audible gasp. And again, Axel, I'm assuming you just walk off after doing this. <laughs> no words. 
Okay. I I go I go to try to help Umbra off the ground. Now that's something I would do, and I didn't do it. Okay. So with that being said, and then Mini, you we can so work this the old later. Mute. But the way I see it now, Axel has now turned back to kind of a heel now, and you, Chris and Mini, you both now have one heat. Add one more heat to this rivalry. Uh, uh, Manager John, as you go in to, to look at Umbra, uh, you can see his eyes, and it is, you can see from his eyes, it's just pure anger. I, I'm still gonna, I'm still helping John, I'm still gonna help Umbra up, and I just, like, it doesn't want us to be this angry, but I wasn't one known to control my emotions back in my younger days so I can't say a lot and you know what this is going to lead into our next match so as the t as manager John as you're helping Umbra kind of in the commentator tries to the commentating team tries to get like uh, I don't know what to say IAW faithful uh, we once we get more information we'll fab but hang on uh, I am getting reports that there is just pandemonium backstage as the camera cuts back to stage axel you're just throwing your would-be opponents for tonight team surf and turf all over the backstage area the poor catering the food is all over the floor like tables are broken uh you took out tommy tsunami's protege wade water he's on the floor just not having it but tommy tsunami is kind of just face to face with you it's like, all right, big man, you wanted to fight. Now it's time to fight the big kahuna. So now your match is going to essentially be kind of like a WWE 2K game where it's now a backstage brawl. So just use your imagination. There is catering. There are tables and chairs. But ding, 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 technically you start out with this one. And John's running back there as soon as he hears the stuff going on there. He's bolting in there. <laughs> All right, so we'll come to you in a little bit. So, Axel, you start off. So, Tommy Tsunami is ready to fight you in catering. So, what is what? What's your first move? Um, in catering, my first move is let's just to grab him by the head and just fucking throw him over a table. Okay, so, damn, roll me a body, please. Do a little drop to this. Twelve. Oh. Holy shit! Okay, that is a super hard success. So not only do you set out to do what you want to do, but you technically get to set up what happens next. So, oh, poor Tommy Tsunami. Narrate what happens here. <laughs> Axel grabs him, looks at the catering table that hasn't been touched yet, and goes, it looks like it could be some good... It's a mahogany table, so he throws him over the table instead of putting him through the table. Not the mahogany... <laughs> Yeah, he sees the mahogany table, shakes his head, throws him over the table instead of putting him through the table. Okay, good job. It's like, listen, we here at Friday Night Fight support our mahogany tables. <laughs> I swear to God, we need to make a t-shirt for that now. <laughs> it's mahogany! Anyways, so yeah, so you throw him over the table and Tommy just crashes into the ground. Ooh, this is gonna hurt, so... Yeah, it hurts as he comes to the landing because, again, this is backstage, so it's, like, semi-concrete as he hits the floor. 
she's going to feel it in the morning. But he stands up, so technically, Axel, you're in control. So he's behind this mahogany table that she threw him over, and he's slowly getting up. What You are still in control, so what happens next? Axel carefully walks around the table, not to touch it. Make sure the mahogany stays all good. It's an extensive table. Axel's going to, as he's getting up, Axel's going to wait till he fully stands up. He's gonna, as soon as he turns around, chop, chop. He's going to chop him right in the chest. Ooh, okay. So, once again, I'm going to have you, ooh, this is going to hurt a lot. So, do I want to make, do I want to ante up the stakes here? Yeah. So, roll real for me, please. Real? Uh, it's a seven. So that is going to be a soft success with a minor complication. So you set out to do what you want, but I'm going to add a little complication next. So, yeah, you just begin chopping away. Oof. So I have to ask this, because there are, there are many a chops, but whose chop style are you mostly riffing on in this particular scene? Um, in this case, it's a mixture of Walter and Big Show. Ooh. <laughs> okay. So you chop and chop this poor man's chest region. And Tommy Tsunami is just taking them. So as soon as you kind of chop him, you, in the last kind of swing of your chop, you're able to knock him, not to the floor, but you push him back a little bit with your chop where he bumps into a oak table. It's not mahogany. We are a non-mahogany violent podcast here. <laughs> um, so he hits an oak table where some of the food is still there. So as the complication, he takes a look at one of the metallic platters that this food is on, grabs it with the food falling to the floor, and just in a swift motion, like backhands you with this metallic like serving plate as it comes crashing into your jaw as with the momentum you kind of just get sideswiped a little bit you're still on your feet but you're turned away a little bit and as you turn back around you see tommy on top of this table just jump off to give you kind of a flying elbow so to speak and just bam elbows you to the floor well, actually, no. Let me backtrack that. So he's jumping and he's flying towards you. So how do you respond to this flying elbow coming towards you? I catch him. You kick I'm him. Gonna, I'm no. I catch him. So I take uh, kind of a step back and I'm gonna. He's gonna hit the ground in front of me and I'm gonna wrap my arms around him and I'm gonna belly belly suplex him. In this case, he's gonna land on the mahogany table. No, not the mahogany. How truly heelish of you! All right, roll me a body. <laughs> Eleven. Okay, that is a hard success. You set out what you do, and you get to ha tell me what happens next. Oh, just... he, doesn't, he doesn't break the mahogany. It's mahogany, so it's, it's sturdy. He doesn't break it. He kind of just hits it, and it flips off of it. Axel kind of gives a sigh of relief that the mahogany's okay. <laughs> I love it. So, yeah. Oh, ooh, that's even worse, though. It doesn't break, so he just kind of bounces off it. Tommy Tsunami yeah. bounces off the table and bounces onto the floor. He, Tommy Tsunami is not looking really good at the moment. So he stands up as, it might be courage, it might be pride, it might be some a mixture of adrenaline and foolishness, but you're still in control. So as Tommy Tsunami is kind of just wavering in his stance, still looking at you, 
Axel with the will to fight, but you're in control, so what do you do next? Grab him by his his long Beach Boy surfer hair. Yank it back. So his head goes back like this. All you hear is, I'm the big man, and then with like a clubbing forearm, kind of just clothesline to the ground. I, I would like to interrupt. Okay, so how are you going to interrupt? So right now, Axel has him by the hair and is ready to forearm him, so you have an instant moment to try to figure something out. So what do you want to do, Manager John? I pull out my old Nokia phone. And Please put tell it, me it's a flip phone. <laughs> it, 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 when I say old, yeah, it's the flip phone. Yes. So it's, it's the block one that goes... Yes, it's the block. And he puts the phone in the way of the forearm to block it. Okay, so manager John, I need you to roll me a... Hmm, I'm going to have you roll me a reel. I actually have a plus one in that. Okay, so roll your 2d6 and add a plus one, and then we'll see what happens. That's a 10. Okay, that is a hard success. So that means that you set out to do what you want, and I guess you get to narrate what happens next. So, uh, Manager John, you tell me what happens here. It, that, if, if I did not come in time, that would have hit. As, a, as I barely get in the way and stop it with the old phone, I'm like, what the hell are you doing? It doesn't matter if you're the big fucking man. You do this in the ring. Hey, Axel, you get a chance to respond here. <laughs> so I'm at the manager. I'm talking about John. I thought we wanted to John. Oh, you pick. Okay. So, okay. Here we go. So I'm going to need you to roll me a reel for me, please. Uh, Axel, as you pick up Wade Water and attempt to throw him into John, the manager. Nine. Okay. Soft success, which means it's going to happen, but there's going to be a small little complication. Yeah, I'll make it a 10. I have momentum. Okay, never mind. That's a hard success. So you set out to do what you want, and you narrate what happens next. So, Axel, go ahead. He sees her. He's getting ready for him. He sees Nokia there. Stops. Looks at Manager John. He says that. Looks back at Wade, who's like, please don't. And just grabs him, and like he threw him over the table, but in this case, throws him at Manager John. Okay. So Still not saying a word. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So, you throw uh, Wade into Manager John, which knocks them both to the floor. Wade Water is currently on top of Manager John. Um, here's the complication, though. You turn to your attention back to uh, Tommy Tsunami, who is now no longer where he was. And, in fact, as you turn around to look for him... You see him with a steel chair as he's coming to swing down at your... Well, you're pretty tall, so I would say head, but he's trying to more do like a rib shot with the chair. So, but you do have a chance to respond. So how do you respond with this chair coming at you? It's like a Dolph or something. Is this still happening in catering? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the poor Adolfo, food... trying to like eat his food, but like... Macho Beach is like slowly backing away to eating this food. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting to see if something happens because because I was gonna interject something. But if it's still in catering, it's still in catering. So he's going for the the the, the chair like this, or is he going for the over the head shot? 
Uh, more like a side swipe kind of thing. So like, th- like swinging it like a baseball bat to your ribs. Um, Asshole's gonna eat it, but no sell it. <gasps> okay, so you no sell it, and Tommy's wrap my arm around it so he tries to pull it back out. It's stuck yeah. under my arm. Yeah, so Tommy is freaking out. So what do you do as he's as a response to him freaking out, realizing that this chair is stuck? I rip it out of his hands. I set it up and tell him to sit down. <gasps> you know what? Just because I'm interested to see what happens, Tommy Tsunami kind of just sits in the chair. I'm not even going to make you roll to convince him for it, so he just sits in the chair. I go over, I pick up his tag team partner, drag his almost, like, knocked out body, and lay him on top of him. So I'm going to stay there, and I'm going to grab Manager John by the scruff of his collar and start dragging him towards the boiler room. <gasps> oh, shit. Okay. I'm going to interrupt again. <laughs> And I'm going to use my cane, hitting him in the back of the knee to knock him to the ground. Okay, you can definitely try. So I'm going to need you to roll me a... Hmm, you're trying... Yeah, roll me a work here, please. Okay. I have a minus two, and I rolled a 12. So... So that is a hard success. You do what you set out to do, and you narrate what happens next. So... Uh, go for it, Manager John, so. As I'm getting dragged, I grab my cane and just slam it as hard as I can into the back of the kneecap to have Umber fall to a knee as I get up and say, What the hell are you doing? Are you actually uh, going to talk or are we just get, or are we just going to have a fight here? Because I don't, because I'm trying to figure out what the hell you're thinking. So... Uh, Manager John, just as a clarification, this is big old monster Axel, not Umbra. <laughs> oh, my, my bad. Bleh. It's okay, but that's fine. So the the thing still Axel. stands. Uh, Axel, so, I mean, the cane kind of knocked, like, pre- impeded your progress a little bit. Like, to you are on one knee, but it's, like, more of a nuisance than it is to be like, oh, my knees. But you have a chance to respond, so technically you still have him there, so what do you want to do? So, looking through the closest door I can find, seeing people, like, watching us now, I'm so like, push open the first door I see, and take a look and see what's inside. So, Adolfo? In a total K-Fab moment, as soon as the door opens, there's there's a table, and the Macho Mage, Elk, and the Bayou Brotherhood are all sitting at this table playing a children's card game. To which, as soon as the door busts open, they're going to do the thing where they, like, try to jump out of the camera's range. Oh, that definitely happens. So that is exactly... You're going to use your interrupt for that, and I'm not even going to make you roll for it. So, yeah, you open the door, Axel, and you see Elk, the Macho Mage, and the Bayou Brotherhood around a table playing a children's card game. I mean, they look at you, you look at them. Mahogany, nice. Close the door and keep dragging him to the to the next <laughs> to the next door. Okay, the next door actually is very interesting because as you open the next door, inside there you see Umbra, who is just with Miss Doc with Doctor Brittany, kind of just patching them up. Doctor Brittany is just like, oh boy, and she kind of just steps away as she knows what's about to go down. Uh, I just throw him in the room, 
close the door and try I'm, to... I'm going to interrupt and what use the... What momentum you got? Yeah. I, I have six and I've used two. Let's go, boy. The manager has a lot of momentum. That's one of the benefits I, of it. Wow, I, I, have been, I have been saving my momentum for a long time, boy. That's right, because... All right, so you... Int so, okay, so he... I'm, I'm going to use... Not, um, okay, not macho. Axel's, Axel. own, mom, Axel's own momentum. It, instead of him throwing me, I throw him into the room. Mm, the secrets are coming out. The, the girls are fighting. All right, go for it. I'm going to need you to roll me a body then, please. And I'm in that room, right? Because you said that yep. Dr. Brittany was working on me. Okay. Yeah, Dr. Brittany so just like... Oh hell no! And why it like backs away as she is uh, about to witness something go down? It, it would have been nine, but I'm spending one to make it a ten. Okay, you set out to do it. You narrate what happens. And so, yeah. As Axel throws me, I grab him, and with whatever magical strength Manager John has, instead he grabs Umbra and throws him in across the room. Wait. Okay. I'm okay. I'm. Niggas confusing me and Christopher. You throw Axel into the room. Yeah, you yeah, throw Axel into the room. I'm throwing Axel into the room. Yeah, I'm Listen. sorry. I'm yeah, I okay. rarely the, interact with yeah. Axel. The adrenaline is kicking in. Like I totally get it. But yeah, so you're able to set out what you do, and you tech instead of you getting thrown into the room, Axel gets thrown into the room. I try to throw him, but kind of miss and trip over a chair, drop him, and stumble into the room. Yes, <laughs> it's like. <laughs> And so, yeah, you now you're face-to-face -face with Umbra. The fuck you doing here? I turn back around and go back, and go back outside. I have nothing oh, to do with this room. Oh, shit! <laughs> I, I, block, I block his way saying, No, you got a lot of questions to ask before you leave this room. Uh, Axel, how do you respond to this blockage? I grab one of the chairs in the winter room. Well, assuming it's a steel chair, it's a resting arena. Yep. I fold it up. I, I grab my cane. Okay. I, and we I don't do want to, I don't want to fight, but if you really want to keep this going, I'm willing to go. Because you because I hate to say it. I don't know what you're thinking about attacking people in the middle of the room when you're supposed to have a match with them. We are entertainers, not fighters, and we don't just beat up people. Well, we do beat up people, but we do entertainment for other people. We don't just beat up people in the back rooms for no you, reason. You hear Umbra, like, kind of peek around the, the this hulking figure in front of you that you're trying to talk to, and just goes, John, you might want to just zip it and let him do what he wants to do. Yes. <laughs> That is probably the wise move. I will not that. But at this rate, I don't know what he's thinking. I don't know how far he's going. Cause this is or because this is already over the line if you ask me. I'm gonna grab his cane and snap it in half. <gasps> You're snapping the mahogany cane? Yep. Oh shit, this total heel moment. Now, okay. We can, so Echo, we'll we'll get you a new one, I promise. But just because of how juicy it is, story for wise, he um, he breaks your cane, and, and Axel, as he snaps it, he just whispers, leans over, and whispers, "I am a real fighter. 
and I'm gonna try to I'm gonna put him in a, a Kimura lock. I'm oh, going full and full and full MMA. <gasps> and I didn't want to do this, but John, out of his jacket, pulls out a gun and aims at your chest. Whoa! Hold up. Pause. Time out. <laughs> I've seen this before. This is an actual thing. Yes. <laughs> Oh my gosh, New Japan Wrestling does that all the time. Like, Japanese wrestling, like, people pull out guns and things like that is insane. Okay. So, for the sake of it, because this is a podcast, like, in kayfabe... It's, it's, it, the, it's, it's the t-shirt cannon. Yeah, it's the t-shirt cannon, but it looks realistically like a gun. Because we don't promote gun violence on this podcast. Oh, it's, oh, oh yes, it's t-shirt cannon. Yeah, so that is how we're going to work around it, so that way we don't get in trouble with the certain sources. But yes, you pull out the t-shirt cannon. Holy shit! It's a it's a standoff. So yeah, I mean, so that was your move, uh, manager John. You had the t-shirt cannon in front. Axel, what do you do in response to? So it's pointed at my chest. Yes. Axel keeps walking forward, pushing the <gasps> chest, and just like taking <gasps> a step forward. So he takes a step back while the gun's like up against his chest. Oh my gosh! So oh, I will I'm, say, go. So I will I'm, say. I'm so not get... if if he if he keeps on walking, sure, it might, sure it might push me, but I'm purposely not moving. The gun's just going deeper. The t-shirt can is just going deeper in the chest. So I will say, even if you're not moving back forward, just because of the size difference. Oh, oh yeah, Axel is push. It's like comically, like your feet are dug into the ground, but it's like they're sliding backwards as Axel is pushing you. So I will say, you guys exit this room, and when you go back into the when you I, go back outside, oh, I was gonna say as soon as they go past the threshold, I shut the door and you hear just a large lock. Uh, we got feelings to work out later. So Axel, as you and Manager John kind of come out of the room with the door being closed, you both notice that the entire locker room is now watching this whole scene unfold. You see backstage producers, you see referees, you see other members of the roster just watching this all unfold um and i'm just going to say for story purposes i am going to use an interrupt here as a game master because i actually get to use those powers too funny enough and i'm going to use my custom move of <laughs> i'm going to use my custom move of what i call telenovela so this is what happens next. So in the most dramatic fashion possible, out of instinct, Manager John, you pull the trigger on the t-shirt cannon, and the t-shirt cannon, you see Axel kind of recoil just a tiny bit as the t-shirt cannon fires into his chest. As you remove the t-shirt cannon from his chest, the t-shirt just falls, and you just see a mark in the middle of Axel's chest and as Axel looks down, again in the most dramatic way possible, looks at you, he grabs you and puts you into his finishing move where you mercilessly try to tap out. And it takes a bunch of security guards and some of the roster uh, to try to disconnect you to the point to where after a while Axel kind of just throws you off to the side and lets you go. And Axel, which direction are you heading to next? Boiler room. Okay, you you make your way to the boiler room. You open the door and you shut it. 
as you all hear the descending steps into the boiler room. Ooh, child. Okay. So, as the chaos, as the medical team is looking at Wade Water and looking at <laughs> Tommy Tsunami as he's still in shock of what just went down, the medical team is looking at manager John, making sure that he's okay. I'm Umbra, fine. Get those guys now. Dr. Brittany kind of walks up to you. Umbra smoking a cigarette now. It's just like, honey, I have no idea what's going to happen next. Probably no more to me at this point. <sighs> but I got some words for him. I'm going to let him cool off a bit. Oof, baby. In the meantime, Macho Mage, Elk, and the Bayou Brotherhood are actually, like, low-key kind of disappointed they didn't get to finish their card game because the Macho Mage would have won the next round. <laughs> well, I was going to say the Macho Mage, like, will walk out in the catering and, like, just see the, 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 the destruction and do the total Vincent Vega meme thing where he kind of, like, looks around like... Yeah, <laughs> still though like the perfect thing because Axel's he's a monster, but a monster. He definitely earlier took the mac and cheese that everybody likes and moved it so it wouldn't be in the way. Yes, <laughs> listen, right. especially if listen as somebody who's been invited to the cookout before, y'all know the mac and cheese needs to be saved. But yes. anyways, John picks up the two pieces of his cane. <sighs> this is gonna take a lot of gold dust to repair. <sighs> so we get a montage next of the backstage like producers doing their best amongst the chaos to get everybody to sign their contracts um, and as this poor little stage hand goes to the boiler room this is the new kid on the block like he just got hired this is like only his second week here and he's been tasked with going into the boiler room to get Axel to sign this contract so he just takes a deep breath, does the sign of the cross, be like, vaya con Dios to himself and all that, and goes into the boiler room as he walks down the rusted stairwell into the boiler room. And as he kind of turns on his little flashlight, it's like, um, Mr. Axel, if you're here, I, I, I just I just need you to sign this contract, please. And then and then I'll and then I'll be on my way. I won't disturb you. Please don't hurt me. As he looks around for you. <laughs> he just sees Blitzen. <gasps> okay, so Blitzen from the darkness creeps out. And Blitzen looks completely fine. Even more dapper than normal. Yes. He's wearing a little bow tie and a top hat ensemble. And so Blitzen comes out. So wow. <laughs> With a monocle, yes. So this poor little production assistant, this PA... Perplex just goes up to Blitzen and kind of puts the contract down there. Blitzen looks it over and kind of with his paw, like, t puts it into the ink pad that this PA also had and kind of paws it down and walks, turns and walks back into the darkness as this PA grabs the contract and goes back up the stairs. As he exits, the camera goes back down into the boiler room. As emerge, as kind of like the camera zooms into the darkness a little bit, we see Blitzen standing, or, or yeah, standing next to a 
very different Axel as he's kind of like sitting against the wall very menacingly. So Axel, in the final moments of this episode, what is going through your head? What is happening? I feel like this is not fair because he's not here and I'm going to push plans that we talked about a little bit quicker than we originally anticipated. But all they see is Axel look over out of the, in the darkest grab and just drag out a very familiar looking sack. Oh no. And that's where it cuts. And that is where we're going to end tonight's session of Friday Night Fights, ladies and gentlemen. Well done. So uh, we'll uh, talk... Go for it real quick. Hey, Minnie, I'm sorry that, that I had to fight you. No, you're all good. I just didn't expect... I didn't know the manager had that many momentum. I was like, damn. I, <laughs> He's been banking those. I, I've not been doing a lot, so I was just, like, saving them. The manager is able to use so much momentum for their clients as well as for themselves, but it, it is... Listen, it was beautiful storytelling, and again, it's what I'd love to see, because pretty this, much this everything... Is the, went, this is the yeah. first time I actually did, like, the whole hero thing as well, like, major hero thing, like... Welcome to the world of professional wrestling. This shit happens on a daily basis, and we get to watch it on television. <laughs> yeah. It is so much fun to live out the wrestling world. But with that being said, that was the go-home show. A lot of things occurred. We have some new plot threads. There's a heated rivalry now. But how is the rest of our Cole Club? Is this the end of them? Like, what is about to happen? Who's going to survive with their championship at the Resurrection pay-per-view? Well... My listening audience and my IAW faithful, you're going to have to tune back into the next episode of Friday Night Fights as we will be at the Resurrection pay-per-view and we shall see exactly what is about to go down. But until then, from all of us here at the D&D Vibe Tribe Productions, remember, take care of each other, love one another, and as always, let the good times roll. We will see you at the pay-per-view. See you later. Bye-bye. <laughs>